The best way to learn how to be a dad is to learn from awesome dads. Welcome to the Awesome Dad Show. Here's your host, Mark Savant. What is up? Welcome to the Awesome Dad Show. Today's episode is a little different, but I think you're really going to love it. I had the pleasure of speaking on an awesome panel in Washington, D.C. at the Dad 2.0 conference late February. And this is the entire panel. The panel is all about work-work balance. It's it's such a difficult thing for fathers that are working full-time jobs, come home, handle the kids, drive your side hustle. Just there's always something to do and it sometimes feels overwhelming. So I think you're really going to appreciate this episode. The panel is moderated by Farrah Miller from the New York Times, which has just launched their new parenting editorial. I think you're really going to appreciate that. I'm also joined by Mike Julianel from Dad and Buried. He's been blogging and working in the industry for many years. He's got thousands and thousands of followers. Really funny dude. I think you'll find him quite hilarious. And I'm also joined by Vinny Dunlevy from Dad So Hard, another podcast, and it was a real pleasure getting to meet Vinny. Just a great dude. I really love his passion for fatherhood, for life, and for bringing value to his audience. So, of course, my name's Mark Savon. I'm the creator of Back to Dad. I think you're really going to love today's episode. Straddle up. Today's episode is a bit longer than normal. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I also want to encourage you, head on over to YouTube. Follow ActaDad on YouTube. I'm creating tons and tons and tons of content over there that I think you are really going to appreciate. If you like the Awesome Dad Show, you're really going to like what we're doing over on YouTube. And then I also want to invite you to head over to Facebook. Join the Awesome Dad group. This is a group created by ActaDad. It's filled with thousands and thousands of awesome dads all there to encourage each other to just be better and to live better lives and to raise awesome kids. So check it out. Thank you so much for joining me here. And uh, yo, DJ, run the tape. Welcome to Work, Work Balance. Um, I'm Farrah Miller. I'm here from the New York Times. Uh, we launched our new parenting site uh, in May of last year. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about this, mostly because when Doug asked if I wanted to moderate this panel, I realized it was my opportunity to finally look at a group of men and say, how do you do it all? Which I have been asked several times in my career. Um, so just um, what are we going to talk about today? I think a lot of you guys know. Um, first, we'll go through, we'll talk about who we are. I'm excited that we have some young people in the back. Um, Hi, um, uh, we're going to talk about why do all of these things, because I don't know how many of you, I'm assuming most of you here on the crowd, have side projects or things that you're working on um, that sometimes seems kind of crazy on top of everything else we have to do. Um, we'll talk about what we mean by balance, which personally I find to be quite a fuzzy word um, that I don't know what I'm even trying to achieve. Um, I want to ask each of these guys what um, what your lives really look like because I see I love those um, the the articles where you kind of look at like what a powerful person does and they usually wake up at like four in the morning and you're like well then I just can't be powerful um, and then we'll talk about challenges or if we want to reframe it in a self help language opportunities um, and then these guys have really some awesome tips and tricks from what they do so. First, 
we've got Vinny. Um, I'd love it if you could just talk about uh, who you are, what your platforms are, and, and also because of the nature of this panel, like how many kids do you have, what's your day job, and kind of give us a picture of every, all the things that you're doing. Not a problem. So Vinny Dudley, uh, I'm the co-host uh, of the Dad's Hard podcast. So me and one of my co-workers, Danny McCartney, who couldn't be here today, uh, for the past two years have done uh, what we do is we try to we strive for weekly, usually three times a month. Uh, we call ourselves Dad So Hard because our mantra is that we believe dads can work hard, play hard, and dad even harder. And so we try to have a conversation that is a reality show into our lives, but also talk about this idea that in corporate America, that you can still work and, and go out with your friends and still be this traditional guy, but that doesn't mean that you can't, when it comes to parenting, still do things with your family and have that conversation. And both of us, uh, we find in our workplace, and at one point a few years ago we worked together, uh, is that you didn't really see that conversation happening with a lot of executives. A lot of times it's the female executives that get asked, like, how do you parent and what are you doing? But rarely do you hear a male executive, uh, whether it's on the news or in your own office, asked about what their own personal life is like. Uh, so that's what we try to uh, have a good time doing. Uh, my day job, uh, with my co so we are both in media sales. Uh, we sort of the same company, so it made it a little easier seeing each other all the time. Uh, now we, he switched. Uh, and I do both TV and digital advertising. Uh, well, I'm sure you have kids. I have two kids. I have my family. I have two kids. One is in the back, uh, turning eight and a half, and I have a girl. And I have a five and a half year old son. I have a wife of 11 years who sometimes. Uh, we think about dadding hard. I sometimes forget that it's also about husbanding just as hard and doing it uh, and trying to be a good husband throughout the entire time. Um, and uh, I think that's it. I think you got it. Yeah. Is there anything else you do in your life? Uh, I no. Okay. I, I, there were other side projects that I tried to start, and they just like you know I buy a URL and then. Yeah. Yeah, George will. And then we've got Mike, Julian L, who uh, writes Dad and Married. Hi, uh, I'm Mike, Julian L. Um, I started Dad and Married a long time ago, like 10 years ago, right before my first son was born. I have a nine-and-a-half-year-old and a, a four-year-old. Um, I don't have an agenda. I just um, talk trash about my kids and about parenting. Um, I just try to be honest. Uh, I've been a writer for a long time, and it really, my sarcastic style really lends itself really well to just talking about parenting, and one of the reasons I started my blog was because I wanted to prove that you can maintain your personality and your sense of humor that you had before you had kids, um, and not let everything get subsumed by being a parent. I saw a lot of my friends have kids and just suddenly retreat, and you know, become a part of the parenting collective, and uh, I didn't want that to happen to me. It happened to me anyway, um, but it's kind of inevitable, but... Um, you know, I started my blog, which is kind of dead now, thanks to, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, no traffic from Facebook anymore, so I pivoted to Instagram, which, I think my first Instagram photo was, like, of an onion dispenser at Fenway Park or something like that, and then I realized you could just make jokes on Instagram, too, so I just started doing that. So pretty much all I do is make jokes, and then every once in a while, I'll do a kind of a raw and honest post, um, and I think the parents out there, either that they feel like they can't speak that honestly or... Um, that cynically about parenting appreciates somebody who does, um, you know, so I've gotten a lot of traction kind of that way and built my community that way. Um, I rub a lot of people the wrong way with some of the jokes that I make, uh, which is fine, you know, there'll be divisive things that I post and you kind of drop a bunch of followers, but then your core remains stronger than ever if they stick around for that. Um, in my day job, I work at a pharmaceutical company, um, which is only about four months old. Um, which is funny because in the past I've posted pro-vaccine stuff and people have gone on there and complained that I was part of, part of Big Pharma. 
uh, which I wasn't then, but I am now. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a little bit more careful about posting that stuff just to get not get my employer uh, focused on me too much. Because um, one of the, the challenges that I have is balancing the social media stuff because I find you need to stay consistent. Um, if your audience is expecting you to post a certain amount of times, you can actually do it. Um, and that can be a struggle when you're a parent and also have a full-time job and that kind of stuff, which is what we're talking about today. Cool. Um, and last, Mark Savant here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, yes, my name is Mark Savant. I just want to thank everybody for taking a few minutes out of your day to be here with you. I, my goal with this panel is to give you as much information, tactical, actionable information, that will hopefully save you time and be more efficient. Um, I'm, I run an insurance agency by day. I've been married for over five years, with my wife for over a decade. I have two very young kids, nine months, three and a half. Uh, I run the Act of Ad platform where I host, as you can see, YouTube interviews, podcasts, I'm on all the platforms there, Facebook, you know, down the line. Um, and one of the things I'm going to talk about, you see that, you know, what's this lifestyle, Savant? I found myself answering the same questions over and over and over again. So instead of having the same conversations over and over and over again, I started shooting videos and having those conversations live. So instead of reaching one person, I can reach three dozen people. So, you're, so, what's <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the difference between the two platforms? Just yeah, so ActiDad, the, the, the theme of ActiDad is being an active participant in the parenting process, being an active father, power support and celebrate fatherhood. Uh, and then Lifestyle Savant is more about trying to develop a lifestyle that, that you enjoy and you love, that you can live off of. And I believe very strongly in the power of digital media in magnifying your message. Instead of having that conversation once with one person, have that conversation once with thousands of people. And I think that's why we're all here. We're trying to magnify our message. So that's what Lifestyle Savant is all about. Cool. So um, that was, those are a lot of things you all do. And just so everyone knows, I have one day job as a parent and I do nothing else. Um, but I, I'm good at watching Netflix. Um, so what I really, I personally really want to know the answer to this question because it's one of those things, like, um, I think I've struggled with thinking about, like, if I started something else, like, is it worth the time that I would um, take away from these other things? Like, and, and this is sort of a big question, but why do you do these other things? Like, what, what is it that this gives you, having side projects that are outside of your, um, your paying work? Well, I guess I'll start. Yeah. I'm doing it because this is probably the most unique time in human history. It's like the Gutenberg press has just been invented and people are handwriting statements out, right? The internet has completely changed everything. Most of y'all probably grew up with uh, dial tel you know, telephones without cameras on them. Um, and just this is to me, the, the information age is, is so dynamic. We're going to see millions of jobs displaced. And if you are not adapting to what has happened in technology, you are dead. You are dead. I have a friend who runs a CPA agency or a certified um, financial consultant. He doesn't believe in Facebook. And I said, my friend, in five years, you are dead. You're, you, don't, you don't exist anymore. Uh, so that's why I'm very passionate about digital media and content creation. I think for me, is when you look at just having your day job, I think a lot of people go to work and you would have this... You have this vision that going to do a job and you get paid well in and you're just going to love it every day. And I don't think that's a real reality. It is a job. They pay you because you've got to go there and do work. And I think over the course of my career, I used to study improv in New York City about 10, 15 years ago. 
And I find myself that when I have a side project going on, when I look at my day job, when, and we all, whether you're in work for yourself or in a big company, there are frustrations that happen, that if that's all you have going on, it can become very overwhelming. And I think trying to find something that I truly enjoy, that I wanted to put a passion to, I'll listen to like a lot of the entrepreneurial podcasts, how, do you, how does this get made? And what I realized over time is a lot of it is about people who find that one thing they like. And I've always had things, I have an idea, I'm gonna start this or start that, and then, when Danny and I got together at work and thought about this, it took about a year of us talking about it, figuring it out, and actually you know, putting it on paper, uh, and then, and then going to execute it. Uh, it took time, but we really just enjoyed it. And then what we found was, and I look back at where I was in my career two years ago when we started this, it's actually made me more balanced now when it goes to my day job, because there is something else that's fulfilling me, yeah. and I don't put everything in my job. And I, and I know I work with a lot of people who get frustrated with the littlest things that happen at work, and if that's all you're riding on and your entire paycheck is in one area, I think having that opportunity to explore something. And then when we do it, we look at it as like, what, why are we doing it? A lot of people ask us, like, what are you trying to do this for? And I think we're going into it for first of all is to have a good time. And I think if we build it the right way in three to four years, five years, we get following as it gets bigger and bigger. Do we hope that it can turn into something? Absolutely yes, and is that something that could be something that could then be driving what we do financially and give us more freedom to maybe change our day jobs and do something else? Uh, but I think that's sort of where finding, and it, we'll talk about balancing a little bit, but finding something that fulfills you in a different way uh, than what the, you're getting out of the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so I, I pretty much agree with, with Vinny in that everybody wants to find their dream job, so you know you never really work another day in your life, but in reality, you work a nine to five that pays your bills. Um, and for me, I needed a, a creative outlet that I like to write. Um, I didn't go to journalism school. By the time you know, I decided maybe I should be doing this full time, I couldn't make the money I needed to support my family to be able to, be able to do that. So I do it on the side, I'm able to freelance from it. Um, it's just fun, right? And one of the good things about what I do is since I started just doing it for fun and it's really just my personality slightly heightened because um, Dad and Barry is a little bit of a character, although my wife keeps complaining that they're merging a little bit too much, um, is that I don't, I'm not getting anything out of it more than just kind of being myself um, and you know cracking jokes um, and being honest within the framework of that. Um, but I don't feel the pressure to, you know, I like to grow and get the validation from likes and followers as much as anybody else, but, you know, it's kind of gravy for me. I'm not going to lie and say that, like, I have freelance income that I've gotten from connections through Dad and Barry that really helps me manage my life, um, but I don't really ever seeing it becoming, I would, I would love to have it be my, my main thing, but I don't really ever see being that. Like, like Vinny, having something else to do that's fun. Like, when I do my podcast, I get out of the house once a week and hang out with a couple of friends at night when we do the podcast, right? So that in itself would be fun even if I weren't doing the podcast, right? So it's that kind of release that I get and kind of an extra outlet for that kind of thing. Um, and I'm able to, again, not be so stressed out about my day job because I'm not getting everything I need for my day job and I found other ways to get that and, and that's really helpful. I also get to that point, it's, I think, and I've worked in the entertainment industry in my career for 20 years, it's having realistic expectations of what it can become to be an influencer and how much money can you really make. And when you look around at really people that are famous and that are talented, there's one to two percent that are making the kind of money that you could retire on or just do that as a full-time job. And I think if you take that pressure off of yourself and allow it to breathe and take your time, it just feels different. And I think at the times where Danny and I have started to try to overproduce an episode or try to really think about this as a business, it ends up getting in the way from just enjoying what you're doing, connecting with the people in the community, 
and then letting it happen. But putting this big burden on myself to say, well, we got to make 50 grand on this next year and then shut down. It, it, correct. And it, and it puts another whole I think, uh, outlook on it. Yeah, and the skills you learn are going to be vital, are going to be very, very important. Learning how to leverage social media to reach people, whether it's via blog, via podcast, very important. Just be 1% better with each post. Yeah. And how do you think, um, Vinny, you got on this a little bit, but like, how does how have these things then sort of helped, whether it's in your day job or even with your with parenting itself? I mean, for me, I can say both in my day job and relationships, it helps tremendously. Just understand, I mean, we are in a techno technological age, and no matter how, but when I've worked in digital media, no matter how many people come up to you and ask you, like, how do you do Facebook or Instagram, you just have to tell the person, create an account and start to use it, right? You can't explain to somebody how to do a pot. I mean, you can explain it, but you don't really learn this stuff until you get in and do it. And so once you're there doing it, and you talk to everybody, you sort of naturally sort of feel like, okay, when I hear about it, I can understand what's going on. And so I think it helps with conversations, helps with networking, it opens the doors, because just when you're at randomly meeting somebody that you don't know, it's a whole other world to talk about where you don't want to talk about your day job, you don't want to talk about all this other stuff. It opens the door to so many other aspects to it. And so I think it's created benefits to me where I don't think I expected that kind of world. And I don't think two years ago, Danny and I thought that we'd be coming to like, uh, a workshop or a conference like this, and I think that's sort of where it evolves you in ways that you may not know. If you're open to that, yeah. then that's sort of the great experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so this question, I know this is like we'll get to like more practical tips and tricks, but what I, you know, I'm just really interested. Like, I think that men have started having this conversation around balance now. That um, you know, there's some women in the room. Like, I think we've been talking about this for forever in women's groups that I'm in, like, how do you do this thing, how, like, what, what, after you have a baby, like, oh, suddenly you leave work at five o'clock, what does that mean, and so you're balancing not just one job, but, like, another job, and being a dad, and you're very vocal about being dads, so what would it mean to you to feel balanced? Well, yeah, I, I think that balance is, is kind of a lie, it's a misnomer, I don't think balance is completely possible, but what I think is important is that you define what your priorities are, and I'm speaking to Jason Kreiman from Dad University, and a we just shot a double quick podcast outside, slash YouTube, slash podcast, um, is that you write down a list of everything that's important to you. Get out a pen and paper and write it all down. And once you've written it down, you break it down to five things that are maybe very important to you, and you sit down with the people that are very close and important to you, like your spouse or your partner, and you say, this is, what I, this is what's important to me. Where do we have a connection? Where can we overlap? Because if you think that you're going to go on a journey of balancing work life by yourself, that you're lying to yourself. You need to bring along the people that are close to you. Um, so I think from a practical perspective, that's a, a very good place to start, writing it down, breaking it down, and communicating with your partner. So really, I, I like that, like actually being aware of what matters and yes. saying it out loud. Yeah, because, yeah, because then you can, you can eliminate things that are a priority. Like I used to love mountain biking with my friends, but it's not in my top five. Okay. So I just don't mountain bike as often. I would say for me, I don't necessarily know if I ever really achieve balance. I think what I try to do is achieve a moment of happiness, okay. and it can be very fleeting. Uh, uh, but I think it just becomes you're doing so many things, and I'm a big list maker as well. But I know, like, when I finished here yesterday at 6 o'clock, to me, like, I was texting some of my friends, and I said, I just love it. I loved having that. It was fantastic. I had a great day, and I feel like for that hour that it lasted, it was great. That I met my wife at the kids at the uh, train station and went back to the hotel. A couple of people had it in, they were hungry, and then we had meltdowns, and all what I felt like an hour gone, an hour before that was gone. And then it sort of resets, but you, so I think it sort of, it comes in moments, 
to when you feel like the things you're doing when they provide you that happiness, yeah. then you're like, God, I got it there. But I don't, I don't strive for some balance of getting it all done. See, when I write down my priorities, it's like Instagram one, and then like my kids are like seven. <laughs> so the fact that I put my kids into my Instagram moves them up to like three, which is really helpful for me. And the way that I balance is I kind of do everything kind of half-ass, right? So it all merges together into kind of like a three-quarter balance kind of thing. Nothing great, but nothing horrible. Yeah, I don't always believe you about the half ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Like, I'm very committed to content creation. I'm very committed to my family and personal fitness. So the other day I ran a 5K. I brought my daughter in the stroller, and I live streamed the entire episode. So I'm knocking right. out three priorities at once. Right, and I, like, so I, uh, a bunch of times in my career I've been unemployed for whatever reason. Um, you know, some might fall, some not. Um, and as I've grown my platform, my blog, and I've gotten violent in other places, I've been able to put that on my resume. Some places aren't going to let you in if your name's that buried and you swear in your blog post, right? You're not going to get past the gatekeeper, but the places you do get past are good. And I've gotten a job where my job is focused on content creation. I deal with social media and that kind of stuff. So there's overlap in all the stuff that I do. And obviously my kids are one of the focal points of it, which is helpful, especially when I'm telling my wife I have to go record a podcast. It's about my kids. A little bit more leeway. Yeah. And I mean, yesterday there was a lot of conversation in the morning about choice. And I, mean, yeah. really that. I think that's the sort of you're choosing to involve your family or in what you're doing. So on our podcast, I do it in our basement. There are a number of times where our kids crash. Like this episode we did on Twitter sat there the entire time and grabbed the mic. So I think you choose what level you want to be at and how you want to incorporate it, which if you're doing something around dad life, it makes it easier to involve your family. Yeah. Uh, versus if it was like my day job and they come to the office, it's harder to be involved in that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's interesting. So, like, there's sort of a, you have like setting priorities on one hand, but also being really deliberate about what you're choosing to let into your own projects. People, not everyone's going to understand that. Yeah. Their friends are like, why don't you do this anymore? It's like, it's not my top five. I'm sorry. Yeah. I still love you. We'll get there, <laughs> but it's not my top yeah, I mean, I've personally found that having kids is a really easy way to, like, get out of all this. Oh, it's a So, okay, let's, I think this is, this is the question, like, can, starting, so, Mike, what is a typical day like for you? And, is, and like, the, the typical busy day, like, not the day where you're, like, not, like, not the Saturday, Right, uh, like, like Tuesday. You like go to work, you have the podcast, right. you're like, you've got like something going up on Instagram. Okay. And also, like, I don't know, we'll throw in like a kid, I don't want to wish any ill will on your family. So, like, a kid is like doing a concert. <laughs> Let's do that one. Okay, so um, we'll do Monday because that's when I record my podcast. So, Monday morning, I get up um, at like 6 30 and I get my nine year old ready for school, um, which takes about three hours within 10 minutes. Um, and and I take is him, your wife home at this time? She's home, but my wife has multiple sclerosis, right? So it, she needs more sleep, and it takes her body longer to wake up, right? Yeah. Like physically and the nerves and all that stuff. So I take the mornings, and she sleeps in. We have a toddler as well, um, but, you know, I just throw on some TV for him, whatever, deal with that later. Um, and I, I drop my kid off at the bus at like 7.15, and then I take the subway into work. Um, and I used to go to the gym beforehand. Um, but now there's a gym in my office building, so instead I go to work and maybe I'll write a couple of things or prep a couple of things for my personal social media the first hour and then before nobody else is there. And then I have my work day. And at the end of the day, I'll go home and the podcast schedule sucks that I'll make sure to help my wife get the kids to eat, which is another, should take 10 minutes, feels like three hours situation. And then I leave, but 
it's very important to have buy-in from my wife. Even though I'm going to do a podcast and supposedly it's going to help supplement income and grow my brand and stuff, at the same time, I'm leaving her alone with the kids. Um, and, you know, that requires a push and pull and a little payback for her. Um, but in the past, I've been lucky in that I've had – so most of my jobs now, they know that I do this kind of on the side, right? So I'm upfront about it now um, during the interview process even. And my current boss used to be in the mom blogging space. She knows Mitch if he's here. He helped me get my job inexplicably. Um, and so she knows what I do, which is great, but at the same time, like, I don't want her to notice that I'm posting on Instagram five times a day or whatever it is. I never schedule anything. Everything, I, I, sometimes I'll prep stuff in my head or whatever, but I don't use a scheduling app or anything like that, which can be problematic, and I should do. I should take some tips probably from Mark here who does that stuff. Um, but really, like, I fly by the seat of my pants at all, in almost every single thing that I do. And I think, again, my persona or my brand is so tied into just that yeah. that I can get away with it, right? So it's just kind of like, oh, sorry, I missed something or I screwed something up or I said something controversial or whatever. You get what you get yeah. and you don't get upset. Before we move on, <laughs> <laughs> does that work for you? Um, so before we move on, you mentioned that you bring that, you like now mention in the job interview process or talk about, like, what does that conversation look like? Because um, I imagine if you're someone who's like starting out like this or you know, where I work, everyone's writing a book, and it's just like everyone knows everyone's writing a book, but like how do you how do you talk about, I do this other thing? It depends on the job, right? Um, you talk about work-life balance, you ask about having you know, other outlets, if that's okay, that kind of thing. In some cases, it could be a conflict of interest, um, depending on what you're writing about, like with the vaccine stuff, like I, I gotta back off talking about stuff that could be misconstrued as me being the spokesperson for my company and thing like that. I think it's really just being open and honest. Um, again, I'm positive I have lost opportunities from some more kind of buttoned up companies that have maybe checked out my Twitter or whatever. Not that there's anything incendiary on there, just me making fun of my kids, which a lot of people don't appreciate. Um, but you gotta find out if the people are a good fit for you, if they know that you have lifestyle outside of work and other pursuits, if they know, if they're laid back enough to understand, you know, and have your sense of humor and that kind of thing. Um, you'll know probably in the interview process or you won't get an interview at all. Mm-hmm. And you've got to kind of know what's safe and what's not safe and how to approach it. And I know for us, uh, we have an annual like disclosure documents that we do. So we actually have a code conflict questionnaire. It's a media company, so you have to fill out like anything you are doing outside the company. Because a lot of it is one of those things where when I first started, people were like, well, you work at a media company. Is this theirs or yours? I'm like, no, it's mine. I'm going to get on my own laptop, not theirs. Right. Uh, but it's also a place where nowadays there are so many people that are doing things externally at work that they understand that, and you just have to let them know and manage it. But on our, we, me and Danny are very uh, thoughtful to not talk about things that occur uh, in our work. Our social circles are very similar, so if we are going out with a lot of people to try to avoid work and politics, just because those are the two things that happen within our own uh, professional atmosphere. We don't want to cause any conflict, so that's probably really one of the biggest lines that we draw. But we don't. But we are very open with our personal lives. And, yeah. All right, so now you're on the spot. What is, what oh, is a typical busy day look like? So uh, we typically record uh, on either, we'll say Tuesday, 9.30 is our target time. And uh, generally when that occurs... 9.30 in the evening. 9.30 okay. in the morning. Yeah, go at night. And, yeah. uh, and talk about we'll, tiredness, too, because I, I really want to understand that, like, 9.30 night, I'm like... Oh, no, well, we, we used to do, like, 6.30 in the morning, which yeah. is a whole other level of, like, waking up at the beginning. Uh, but usually we text message about the day before, just for a week, you know, like what day are we doing next week? Right now, we're doing uh, this Monday. Uh, uh, me and my wife, our routine during the week is pretty uh, regimented. We both work in the city, so we both commute together. So we get up at 7 o'clock, 
Our kids go to bed a little later, so we thankfully are up. They wake up probably right around 7.15, 7.20, so we're a little bit uh, already going. We're out the door uh, a little bit before 8 o'clock. We go to work. Uh, I try to get home right, right around 7, and then when we're home at 7, a lot of that is just block and tackling together and getting the kids fed, uh, and then try to get them in bed. And if I'm doing it at 9.30, there's exact times where I'm reading a book, it's 8.45, and I'm laying in bed with my daughter, it's 9, 9.05, 9.15, and I'm like, I was do a setup downstairs really fast, and you're about to go to sleep. And then if I mention why, and I won't do the podcast, then that opens up, well, can I be on it? And I'm like, no, you gotta go to sleep. <laughs> we gotta get this, this has to be get, get going. So, uh, and then generally we try to really, uh, it takes me about three minutes to open up the laptop and set it down. Uh, and then we again, sort of really jump into it. We're trying to keep it produced enough that it doesn't become a burden to produce it. Uh -huh. uh, but yet we still want to feel professional and, and organized. And we also don't want it to be a burden as a creator. And I think I, because I manage most of it, uh, the trick is sort of balancing the management of it and the scheduling. And if we're doing an interview with somebody, it's doing all that. But then also, once you actually get to the recording, feeling like you can like disassociate from that part of yourself to still be the talent and be creative and feel like you could be in the moment, uh, which I find, I was talking to uh, somebody earlier today, that that's sort of been coming the hardest part is, the more you get to the scheduling and then all of a sudden you're there recording, I can't be thinking about, like, oh, I was gonna ask seven questions and all this stuff. So, yeah. uh, and then generally, you know, like, it, for me, it ends at like, say, 10, 15, and then it's another hour and a half of you know, exporting a file, editing it, trying to write a description, uh, and then hopefully if I go to bed on Tuesday night, like midnight. Okay. Uh, that's sort of one capsule. Yeah. And how much of time are you spending in general, like on more like marketing promotion of this? Well, uh, if you follow us on Instagram, so we try to. I'm lucky in the sense that I have a partner, and I think it can be a blessing and a curse. When you're doing it yourself, uh, I think there's a lot of self-management and self-discipline, and you have that. Uh, when you work with somebody else. A lot of it becomes give and take and what you're going to do. So we try to divide your Danny as most of our social media posts. Uh, partly he thinks he's funnier than me. So when I have attempted to do a, uh, to do a post, it's usually deleted like two hours later. And it's <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, but we try to divide and talk at work. But we don't do as much social as we know we should be to build a following. And we're trying to sort of give as much effort as we know we can right now. And then as we can steal time, and there's certain days we can do it, we try to do more of it. Uh -huh. But that has been, I think, Oh, when I look at guys like what Mike's doing, the stuff in between the podcast from like Tuesday to the following Tuesday is the hardest amount of stuff to do. Maintaining the social following, commenting, engaging, I find that to be extremely overwhelming when I do get to rap pull I'm on the train. I have AT&T, service sucks, because I try to find those times where I'm like, I'm all on the railroad, and I'm like, this would be great, I have 30 minutes, nobody can distract me. And then it's like, service just drops, drops, drops. So, yeah. Spend thirty minutes staring at like an uploading thing. Oh, uh, but yeah. that that I do find is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. All right, and Mark. So how about you? What's your what's your busy day look like? Well, so I won't go through an entire day because every day is a little bit different for me. I'm a little bit more thoughtful with my scheduling than maybe Mike is, but what I think is very very important. <laughs> what I think is very important. Side of the coin here. Just like parenting, there's no one right way to do this, but what you can do is you can pick up tips and tricks from other other people. So I'm just gonna give you a couple things that, that I use. So um, I host a, a show, a podcast, YouTube. I interview lots of people. You might have seen me around here doing probably half of the room here I've interviewed. So I use an app called Calendly that links up to my Google account. And so when somebody signs up for my show, they give me information, they answer a number of questions, and it automatically uploads. Um, and so it's in my calendar. They automatically get the Zoom invite. I meet them at that time, whenever that whenever that time is. Sometimes I come home from work. 
The other thing that I execute on on a regular basis is the process of batching. So at the beginning of the month, I'll shoot all my videos for the month. The next day, I'll go in and I'll edit them. The next day, I'll go in and I'll upload them all. And then, and so on and so forth. And how many are we talking for like that? So, so I shoot for each of my channels once a week. Uh-huh. Once a week. and you're a tattoo and then you shoot 45. Well, yes. I've batched many, many interviews okay. that will be released when, you know, when they're ready, when I, when I can't, which maybe it'll be on the plane or on the, the, the car right over here. But also, like, I mean, I'm just very passionate about not wasting not wasting time. Toilet time is not time to go and scroll to see what happened to, you know, Caitlyn Jenner. Speak That's time to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone, you know, that's your thing. Um, that's time to create five or six posts for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, let people know that I'm alive. Um, but I, I will say this. The first thing I do in the morning is make sure that I'm engaging with anyone that has commented on my post the night before. I feel like community engagement is probably one of the most overlooked yet important facets of your daily routine. You have to engage. You have to. And is that easier for you to do than the only thing you're saying that's kind of like the, the stressor right now? Is that is that something that comes naturally to you, being able to like engage with your audience? Oh, well, sure, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about topics that I'm generally interested in. Mm-hmm. And so when people have questions or comments, then yes. I mean, there's days where I don't feel like responding to 100 different comments, but I understand that there's people that I follow and that I'll comment on and they won't say anything back. And I'm like, I don't feel like I'm part of the process of building their platform. You know, like I get it if it's, you know, Will Smith with 40 million followers. Like I'm not expecting Will Smith, but if you've got a thousand, yeah, yeah. If you've got, you know, a thousand followers on Instagram, you're not responding to every comment. I don't feel invested in the process. It almost feels like you're too good for me. And so why, why am I here? Yeah. Okay. so on, on the flip side, like I love to hear, for me it's really helpful to hear that other people have also had things go wrong. Like I, you know, like the, the three hours of getting ready with your kid for 10 minutes, I'm usually solo in the mornings with my kids and it's just an adventure that Mike details really well. Um, as you've been sort of juggling, you know, a couple of different jobs or four different jobs, and also parenting, can you think of an experience you've had that just totally threw you? Threw, like, what like, what has been the biggest challenge or a day that was really challenging for you? Well, so I'll go, so and we talked a little bit about that, uh, about, we started the podcast, it was me, Danny, we all worked together, there was another guy that we worked with who was younger, uh, didn't have a kid. I live in Long Island, Danny lives in Staten Island, we were like, where are we gonna do this? We tried recording in our office one day, the sound was terrible. So he had a one-bedroom apartment uh, in Kips Bay in the east side of New York City. And his uh, girlfriend at the time that he lived with would travel uh, during the week. So he said, why don't you guys come over in the morning? So the first year of our podcast, we would record in his apartment uh, like 6.30 in the morning. We'd get up, I'd get up at 5, take the train in. And, uh, and it was a great time. So we all worked together, and it was sort of this activity that we all did outside of work. And then we had like one episode, it was early last summer. And we were like walking all back to the train. And it was, there was something odd about Daniel, who's the guy that we were with. And then an hour later, he sends us a text to the guys, I just can't do this anymore. And, and he like, I was like, wait, are you quitting on us? And I mean, we had this like three-way text for an hour that was like, what's happening? Because he, he was like an integral part of me and Danny would show up. And he managed, managed the laptop, helped us with the mic, did, really edited it, posted it at that point. So there was like this time of like, what are we gonna do? 
And when you're Danny, like, he had already left, so part of it also was me thinking about, like, okay, I love doing this, but is, now what's Danny thinking? Like, is this all going to be over right now? Yeah. Uh, and then, so there's, like, multiple text chains, because we're trying to get Daniel not to quit on us, and then I'm also trying to say, does Danny still want to do this? And we're trying to read each other as to, like, are we really committed? Yeah. So we both quickly agreed, yeah, we want to keep doing it, we're going to figure this out. And then uh, we had to quickly just sort of process Daniel not doing it and what that meant. Uh, and then figure out what do we do next. And so uh, it was a real schedule. Oh, and then it became the whole schedule. It was a year of a routine. I get up on Tuesday mornings at six, 5 o'clock. My wife knew it, got it. You just get it down to that process and it becomes yeah, easier. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, and it was in the middle of July. Uh, and so we sort of took like a, a month hiatus until we figured out what to do. And we did the research, and now we sort of switched it from going in the mornings, which we also thought the energy we were nervous about was in the morning when you have, when you have a cup of coffee and you and your day hasn't started, if your brain is working completely differently. Uh, and now me and Danny are going to recording at 9.30 at night when we've already both done a full day. We're tired, and we're, and, yeah. but I think what we've realized is there's pros and cons to both of it now. We a little bit bring in, like during the day as I lead up to it, I can plan a little bit better. Uh, but there's also a different energy because we're not live. And we used to sit there and look at each other and be able to talk more and do things. And now we're doing it over Zoom. We're videoing each other. Uh, but we found it's easier to do interviews because more people are awake at 9.30 Eastern and would rather interview and do an interview then and show up in East Village yeah. at 6.30 in the morning. So uh, yeah, there's that's been, a big change. Which is a big change. So yeah. there's been, we tried to roll with it to find things that are positive and negative about it and then, and then build with it. But yeah. it wasn't easy at the time, but I still think we were trying to always look at, okay, how do we make best of it, and you can, uh, I come from the world, at least the one that my, my parents built me, was that if there's a problem, you can deal with it, be angry for that minute, but uh -huh. what's the plan, and what do you do next? And also your list of priorities. Right, yeah, it's like, what, and we, we said, we still want to do this, so we're still going to do it, and you find a way. You do the list, yeah. and you figure it out, and then you move forward. Yeah, I love that. Um, about you guys, are there, what are the things, like, that sort of surprised you as being, like... Well, one of the biggest challenges for me I think with juggling all the hats was uh, the relationship with, with my partner, you know? Uh, I love my wife very deeply, she's very important to me. Uh, when the kids are gone, we're still gonna be together, right? When after that is whatever it is, we'll be, still be together. Um, but, you know, I realized about the process that I was maybe putting her on the back burner more than I needed to, you know? I don't wanna say neglecting, but she felt like she wasn't getting enough mark time, Yeah. yeah. right? Um, and so, uh, I decided, you know, we, we put our priorities in line, we audited, which I do every three months, every quarter, I audit my time and what's what's important. And we ended up saying, okay, Saturday nights, phones are away, kids are asleep, that's date night. And then in addition to that, uh, every Friday night on Facebook, we hold a Facebook live show where we do date night live. And we just, you know, we bought flashcards and we talk, we do flashcards, I have an Amazon affiliate link, so when people want to buy the cards or whatever we're talking about, they can click that link. Automatically, I get paid. I don't have to worry about distribution and processing. I just get paid when they click the link. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. If you guys are not part of the, the Amazon affiliate program, you need to write that down and do that today. Get Start learning because it is very simple to execute. There's, it's as simple as adding a link to your posts. Repeat again. Amazon affiliate. Amazon affiliate program. So, um, I never have and never will audit my time. <laughs> but the overlap thing works there. So, like, I was doing social media a lot by myself, um, and my wife would occasionally get irritated that I was doing something. And then eventually my wife joined, right? So my wife is mom and Barry. Um, she's a little bit more touchy-feely than I am, but just as honest. Um, 
But now, like that, we'll do lives together. Um, she understands how time-consuming it can be, so I get a little forgiveness on that point. Um, but again, it's like your priorities, can, they can mix up. And if you can find a way to overlap and keep this stuff together, it's a way to kind of continue to have more time for your wife even while you're doing other things. And she decided to do it herself, so it wasn't like me forcing her to do it, just like take it or leave it. It was we did it together, so she you, really appreciates that. I assume you tag each other as well. Yes. So if I go to your Instagram, I'll see her Instagram, yes. and then you not can kind of, you not, know. I don't tag her as much as she would like, but yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an amazing thing. Like, you build the spider webs, you build all this, this network. It's like a spider web where everything interlinks. And, and why don't you tag her as much as she would like? I forget she exists in <laughs> Yeah. My wife forgets my podcast exists. She's here now. My son. My wife has never listened to my podcast. Yeah. I think she listened like once or twice. And people ask us all the time if our wives listen to both Danny and well, I. She's like, I hear it every day. Why would I? Yeah, people ask me, does she care about what you say about her? I was like, no. People, because most of the time it's people messaging her like, did you know he said this? She's like, I just tune it out. It's fine. So she supports where it is, and I'm very, and I could not do this. For, the, for my you know, Tuesday nights, I get. Yeah. And she's asleep at that point, but it is. Uh, without that support, none of this would really have happened. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one thing that's become a real buzzword, and we've, we've written a ton about it, and I, I've been like actually heartened to see how many people are interested in is this concept of emotional labor, um, which, which is sort of like a misnomer because that term actually refers to, um, you know, the business, women taking on a lot more of like the emotions that happen there. But what, what I'm hearing from families and you hear a lot from moms is sort of the amount of stuff that we're kind of like holding in our brains. And I realize I'm totally surprising you guys with this question. But um, I sort of wonder like having all of this going on, like how, how much do you guys all also participate in like thinking about what needs to happen for the family and how do you do that? Well, that's the, that's the ultimate challenge, right? Because <laughs> as, as fathers, I don't want to just generalize this, but as a father personally, <laughs> I'm the financial provider, I'm the emotional provider, I'm the spiritual provider, I'm the physical provider, you're juggling all these hats. Um, and, and again, to me, you write out your list of priorities, you communicate with your partner, and then you, you, you reassess. There are things that just aren't worth your, just some things that just aren't worth your time. Yeah. And you might hurt some feelings, but if you don't value your time, nobody will. Like, how many of y'all have sat in a call with someone for an hour and then you got off and you're like, I haven't gotten actually anything done. So here's another practical tip. Someone calls you, you say, hey, is this a five-minute conversation or a 15-minute conversation? Say, five minutes, cool, let's do it. 15 minutes, hey, let me schedule you, I'll send you a link, we'll talk later. So you have to be very, at least I am very um, thoughtful about where minutes are spent. The only, you can't buy seconds. It, you know, they're gone forever. I think for us, we're, we're, we're pretty deliberate with, I think, our roles and knowing who owns what in the house. So yeah. like, it's like kids' activities. My wife is scheduling that. My friends like grocery shopping. I get that done. So we, we try to balance. Uh, but I do think it's also knowing, like, when it comes to, like, topics what we're trying to plan, is there's always, like, what's that desired outcome? What are we trying to get out of this conversation? What do we need to do? I do think as I'm more of a listener and, like, a project person, what we run into more is my wife's, uh, and I was staring at the whole, but it's more emotional about it. So sometimes she's like, can we just stop it? Like, it doesn't need to be a list. We just have a conversation, not have it lead to something needs to get done. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, but I think we have to now, we, we struggle. That's why we are maybe struggles with back and forth, but we have so much going on, and I'm trying to figure out how do we get it done. I like to accomplish things, and sometimes she'll just want to sit back and be like, okay, well, I, I just want to tell you something, I don't need any feedback. I don't need to hear how to solve the problem at work. Uh-huh. Just listen to the fact that I have a problem. 
and I have to hear that more, and, uh, but I also then say earlier, you have to hear that I like to accomplish things, so like, what are we doing about this stuff? Uh, but I do think it, that is probably the biggest battle, or the challenge that we have. Um, she definitely uh, takes on more of the emotional labor than I do, but I think that's one of the reasons I have my Instagram and stuff is I vent that way. Yeah. Um, and sometimes maybe to, you know, it's a negative thing that I'll be more honest with how I'm feeling about certain things, about my kids or whatever, writing it down in a long Instagram post than maybe I will be with my wife sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, because when I go to bed, I want to go to bed, and right when my head hits the pillow, she wants to unload all of her stress on me. <laughs> And that's not, an, that's not a recipe for me falling asleep. It helps her go to sleep, but then I'm up, right? So, like, I try not to stress about stress. Yeah. Like, it's just compounding. If I'm, if I'm worried about something, worrying about worrying about it is something that I think my, my wife tends to do sometimes. She gets overwhelmed with her stress, and then she's like, how am I going to deal with this stress? And I'm try, I try to be more pragmatic about it. Uh -huh. um, but also, like, like, most of my life, like, I take, just like all this Instagram and my podcast and stuff, right? So, like... I'm serious about it, but I try not to take it that seriously. Um, and I'm the same way with parenting. And the fact of the matter is I'm not going to know for 30 years whether I did a good job or not with my kids. Um, so I try not to stress too much about the specific things that maybe I did wrong one day or did right. You know, I don't honestly know what I'm doing wrong or right. In the moment, you get some gratification or not, and then you don't know 20 years from now what your kid's going to remember, what's going to impact them. Um, and same with this Instagram stuff. Right? So like... It's fun for me to do. I'm a clown, and I get away with stuff because I'm a clown, and people realize I'm a clown. Aaron knows for sure that I'm a clown. Can vouch. Um, so I try not to. I, I try not to stress too much about it while still being serious about it. Like I still want to grow it, and I still want to um, earn things from it if I can. Um, but I don't push myself as an expert in literally anything, least of all parenting. Um, and you know, I try to take everything with a grain of salt. If I get a negative comment, a lot of times, like you mentioned earlier, sometimes I'll, I'll push back on that, or actually Charlie mentioned in the Instagram panel. Um, I'll play with that person. Like playing with a troll for me is fun. It generates more content. Um, and then people get mad, like, why do you engage with these people? I'm like, because it's, it's fun. Like somebody with no sense of humor comes to my page. It's not the personal, they just don't get it. Yeah. You know, and that's a fun person to play with. Somebody who doesn't have a sense of humor, there's nothing you can do for them. Yeah. Right, so I try not to stress out about that. I mean, it sounds like your recipe is very much... Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the tip. Who gives a shit? But that's my advice. But what if it's like, so he's not going to know the results until our kids are 30, and I think part of that is, like, I, I come from also a place of, like, I don't think I'm going to kill my kid. I think no matter my worst day, you know, my worst couple of years, I fundamentally believe my two kids are going to grow up to be great, smart, wonderful people, and that all I have to do is get them there, and I don't stress, and I think that's the problem. Right, I don't so stress like, that they're gonna be terrible at a I'll run into a friend who's potty training, and they'll be bugging out about potty training. I'm like, your kid's not gonna be 15 and pooping in his pants. <laughs> like, it's gonna get resolved, yeah. right? So don't freak out too much about it. It's, it can be stressful in the moment and stuff, and I really would like my four-year-old to not need me to wipe his anymore, but at the same time, in five years, it's not gonna be an issue, so just, Figured out, and I, I sound a lot more laid back than I am because I yell ninety five percent. But I try to. Well, you said I did it. I don't compare myself, but I find this with my, my wife and the other and the other moms. It's, I don't compare how I'm doing as dad with other dads, and I don't think that's a conversation that a lot of men are having. If my son still bends over, wants to wipe his butt at five and a half. Like I'm not. I don't really care if some other guy, Mike's like, Vinny, that's all fucked up. I think like, I can't. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's what happens to me right now. It's gonna eventually stop. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I just think you have to believe. If you have that confidence of you know, you're doing your best, 
It's all we do. Our parents did our best with us, and we're helping. I us did. I lives. did know one kid in junior high who put his pants. On. I still remember his name, so it can't. Have you faced those doctors? No, no, I should not. Shit, to yeah. Um, so I want to leave some time for questions, but just like I think uh, for you guys, if someone comes to you, you know, one of the things that I really like about this conference, and also some of the things you've said, is that like you're talking about um, fatherhood very openly, whether that's to say that you, you know, your philosophy is like really laid back, or what you're putting into it. Um, so in terms of like these guys, or someone who's also in this game doing something that's not their day job. If someone came to you and said, like, what is the one piece of advice you would have for me, what would you tell them? Stop focusing on your followers. Focus on improving your content 1% each day. Don't focus on likes and followers. Focus on getting 1% better each day. Oh, and also something that Larry Hagner told me when he was on my show, comparison is the thief of joy. You're never going to be Kim Kardashian. Sorry. Um, so stop comparing yourself. Stop comparing like, I see Taylor uh, with Dude Dad, millions of followers, just completely blowing it up. I've got a you know, few thousand followers, you know, selfies. I'm not comparing myself to Taylor. I love what he does. Support him. He was on my show also. Um, but stop comparing yourself to the mega influencers. Focus on just getting a little bit better each day. The rest will sort itself out. I'd probably say uh, lean into doing what you enjoy. And if, it's, if it feels like it's work and you're not enjoying it at that moment in that conversation, for that topic that you did or the person you've interviewed, it doesn't feel natural as what you want to do. I don't think you could build a person, especially in a career where we're trying to build brands that are based on our individual personalities and what we want to bring to it. I don't think the authenticity is ever going to get there. I, don't, I think authenticity is what drives a lot of success in this business. But I don't think it's going to get there if it's not based on really feeling like the truth you're putting out there is something you really enjoy. If you're trying to force it into a model because you want to be funny and you're trying to become a comedian, it's not going to work. So I think lean into what you're enjoying and grabbing good at it. Just try to follow that and, and see where it goes. Um, for me, it's about um, tone, knowing your voice, um, sticking to that, kind of staying in your lane. Um, everything I do kind of feels the same. I think if you see a dad and very tell me, you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, for the most part, and you know, I don't want to overuse the word authentic, but I try to be honest. I'm not going to lie and pretend that you know I, I don't let the truth get in the way of a good like Instagram meme. You know, and my son doesn't necessarily say every single punchline that I throw on my thing, um, but I do occasionally will step aside from the jokey stuff and say something more substantial, and and that I think makes a big impact when I do do that because people realize, you know, when I'm joking all the time, then they get that they're like, oh, okay, there's something real behind this. Um, and if you if you have a niche, you can focus on. For me, again, my niche is is my my personality and my sarcasm and that kind of thing. For you, it's the time management and organization and all that stuff. If you have something like that that you can lean into, like you said, that makes a big difference because the people are going to start associating you with whatever that niche is, and that can go a long way. Great. So yeah, I wanted to open up um, questions for you guys. talked about this a little bit um, in kind of a broader sense, but have, are there any specific examples that you can share where, you know, real life, maybe day job, um, directly coincides or butts up against the social media stuff? Because, you know, for instance, I went for a job in the run-up to the 2016 election, and 
I found myself in the job interview with the president of the company having to explain why I called Trump a illiterate shit given. So, um, you know, this is, these kind of things do happen. They, they cross, and I'm wondering if you've ever had specific examples where you've had to navigate that. I've, I've had to navigate that on the opposite side. We were recently replacing an employee at my insurance agency, and we had a number of people that applied, and the first thing I did was go to their social media page to see, hey, does this person values align with the values of our culture in our agency. And there were several people that got kicked off. I have another, um, I actually had a conversation with a leader of a very large men's organization. And he has a lot of posts on his Facebook page about atheism, okay? And you know, he feels very strong. There's a lot of stuff on there, a lot of memes, and that's you know where he's at. And I asked him that, that same question, like, do you feel like because of your role in the company, you think that you might be turning yourself off to a large group of, of people due to your, your own personal views, which I'm not going to say are wrong, right? Because your personal views, you're tied with them. Um, he said, I need to be true to myself. So it's possible that that job wasn't going to be a good fit anyway, because you're, you know, your, your personality wasn't going to work with the culture at that company. Yeah. you got to be true to yourself. That's happened to me for sure, where I've lost job opportunities because somebody has Googled me or just doesn't get it, right? Doesn't get my sense of humor or whatever, but... More specifically, this weekend, I was invited to a GSK, the pharmaceutical company, was having a dinner uh, last night, and I was invited to it, but I work at Pfizer, um, a direct competitor, um, who also have a meningitis vaccine. Um, so I went to my bosses, and they were like, that's fine. Obviously, what I'm looking for now, if I'm trying to make extra money from this, is like a long-term influencer arrangement with somebody where I'm getting supplemental income by being an ambassador, but that was obviously never gonna happen with GSK, but I'd be more than happy to get a free dinner. So I emailed them, and I was like, hey, i got to tell you the truth. I work at this place. I'm so happy to have a conversation. They were like, yeah, no thanks. So I didn't get a free dinner. <laughs> honesty never pays. <laughs> 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 honesty pays. I have, I have run into it, but Danny and I, when it comes to our position on social media, anything that we put on social, whether it's our personal handles or the podcast handle, is we would say the same thing to Madison in person. So to me, if I'm getting ding. And I said, for somebody, and somebody's going to say, I posted her. I'm going to say that in the workplace. Like, I'm not going to hold back. So we try not to talk about politics or, uh, or what goes on in our work. Obviously, we don't want to involve other people in our public. But I also wouldn't talk about politics. It's not my vein on my own angle to do it. So I just think if you're being true to yourself, that it is truly who you are and you get dinged for it, then, like, I guess, to, to uh, Mark's point, it's probably not the right fit long term anyway, right? So I think that's that balance of, of just finding the lane that you want to be in and knowing, like, it's also like how important. Is that paycheck for that job and where you are in your life to, um, to want to have to edit yourself? Because we have, I think, at different points in our lives, I probably was way more edited earlier on in my career than I am now. So I do think that's also an individual thing that changes probably over time. I recommend the three breath rule too. If you're upset because someone says something to you, take three breaths before you bust out the Twitter finger. That's that yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
and my wife hates that job. Right. <laughs> there's, there's a couple things you can do, right? You can set up automated responses to you know your email. Where are people reaching out to you? They're reaching you on a landing page, right. and maybe you have an automatic response that get back within 12 hours. You could also have a link to your your calendar. I have a Calendly link. People just click the link. They schedule it. I say, okay, I like you. You filled out the questions. Booked. Your interview is now booked. So instead of having that one-on-one -on -one conversation, that's uh, that's an app that I've used to, to create success. I also think I would say it's like, instead of trying to do it all every day, just say this day, if I'm going to do an interview, it's Tuesday nights. This is the, this is what I do to set the expectation. My wife would be out of her mind if I recorded a podcast four days a week. Like, I get by one day, it's when I try to do it. And so when we have those times, if I have to do... Bunch of stuff the weekend or yesterday. I said, "Listen, I'm going out of DC to this conference." You get to sort of set that guideline so that when people are interacting with you, it's at a certain time, and you don't feel like you're at their beck and call. But take that power back. Say, "I'm in control. You want to do me? This is when you're going to do it at this time." And letting your partner know when you when you are. It's not always easy. I try to schedule stuff for like if we're doing something I don't want to do, like apple picking. I'm like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I gotta go take this interview in the car. <laughs> another, another thing you can do that I'm just starting, so I can't provide a ton of value on this topic, but is find a virtual assistant who can help with that stuff. You can hire someone for like three bucks an hour. Like it's, um, they might not give you the quality that you want, right? But um, maybe that's a better topic for a better panel we can talk afterwards. But finding a virtual assistant, like that's a learning process. Um, that, I'm, that, I'm, that I think is really important to start looking at. And I, I always think it's where you want to grant to that point of how much you want to invest in it. Right. It then becomes a scalable thing. Like how quickly are you looking to scale? Do you need to scale very quickly? Right. You may have to look at, okay, how, who do I hire to help me manage this? Versus if you're looking, because like, like, I think that's where we're all at in terms of like our own timetables. The more organized you are, the faster. I mean, it's at three times the amount of content over here, but you're organized. Right? So it becomes that ability to, how fast, how, how fast do you want it to work? I think one thing also, it's interesting you sort of mentioned like media has its moments where things get really hot, and especially if you're in the center of that and you're getting calls, it feels like if I don't take this call, if I don't do this interview at three in the morning, I'm actually going to miss a huge opportunity. And I do find it useful, like being on the other side of that, like if you say like, am I going to, hey, I really want to do this, are you going to move on to someone else if I can't participate at this time? Like you actually can't say that, it doesn't mean that. You know, and then you, make, you have a little bit more information to make that choice. Um, there are some outlets that'll be like, yeah, I absolutely need this now. My boss wants me to file in an hour. Or there's some outlets that are going to be like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize. Like, we'll wait till tomorrow. And, and someone like you, Dante, you're creating a movement, right? You have people that want to be involved, that might even want to volunteer. So you can find the right people that are willing to volunteer their time to maybe grow your Facebook group or to respond to the reporters from Australia. You can maybe even find people who are willing to just donate their time or for exposure, or maybe doing on their resume, they can say, yeah, I worked with Dante on Squat for Change. We put thousands and thousands of changing tables in bathrooms. So it's, it's leveraging your community to help. Because once someone gets invested, like it's, it's a very, very powerful thing.
talent somehow. If you've got you know, your partner or somebody in your life who you've got to kind of equate in, does anybody have any insight on how to keep that in check? Because sometimes I find myself you know, all ready to press that post button, and then, no, I can't say that today. And meaning, so the question is like, you're. Well, I'm having the third arm in. Is yeah. there any way to get that done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, nearby. More than normal. Uh, amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is a little bit where, where the sort of question of emotional labor comes into, and like how many things, like you've got two people who are adults, so like until our kids can actually help us with all of this, you've got two, right? Um, and, and you have not only the list of things that you want to prioritize, but you have a list of like stuff that has to get done and at what time. And I think, um, you know, it, I think it comes more naturally to somebody who's used to making lists and being organized. But getting all of that stuff out in the open can be really valuable. Um, just sort of like, there's some things that as you do, like I'm finally like, oh, January is when I need to think about summer. Like nobody tells you that, right? Like <laughs> suddenly your kids and like summer planning happens immediately after Christmas and it's like this whole thing. But being able to sort of plot out um, those times where you're going to have other things to deal with, and also just like, you know, like being really um, open about what you care about, like what your wife is going to be doing. I'm more speaking for her, but like if there's something coming up that's like I absolutely need this day, being able to sort of step back and say, okay, I think it's, it's pretty important. And I'd say, Anna, it's sort of being present for her as she is for you. So at those moments where. You have to remember, like, when you're doing all of your own stuff, she's also taking the time to be there. So that that moment where you have to like actually do it for her, it may, it may make hitting the pause button on that post easier because you're like, okay, I gotta check this box. She checked it for me, right? So I just think it's that it's not getting so sucked into your own world. Like, men we can be probably more egomaniacs as we are, but I'm sort of at least applying that how we do it with our kids to her as well, and then it's easier said than done, and we mess up. And kind of what Dante was saying, I'm a huge Google Calendar fan. Yes. Uh, we have a very nicely color coded for everybody in the family. Um, and as far as virtual assistants, there's a great one called x.ai, not the client. Uh, it's all virtual and they tie into your Gmail and it acts like an AI. So I have people that they, they've sent flowers to my assistant that doesn't really exist. It's really cool. That's yeah. excellent. That's, yeah. it's, it's about automating things so you don't have to think about exactly. them. That's, you know, yeah. Yeah. Are there any virtual parents? <laughs> <laughs> virtual parenting apps? That's coming. I told Disney. We talk about automation a little bit. There's something else I've been very successful with. You know, Probably most of y'all that have pages have merch that you sell or products that you sell. You don't have to do all the packaging and the distribution. Like I have a, of a dropship store, so if someone clicks on a shirt that they want to buy, I don't have to do anything. I do zero, except bring bring the W two to my tax man at the end of the year. But you know, by by implementing drop shipping, that's a way that you can prevent your margins are going to be significantly less. But you don't have to deal with all the administrative and logistical work. Very simple. Um, so I think we're out of time. Is there anyone else? Ask a question. So, no, I want to thank you guys so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Awesome Dad Show. It's 
such an honor to have you spend a few minutes of your day here with me. I hope you can walk away with some valuable tools. Uh, once again, please make sure that you go. Please make sure if you haven't, take a moment. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference on reaching more awesome dads. And feel free to tell a friend about the episode. If you're hungry for more content around this topic, you might also check out a second channel that I'm working on on YouTube. It's called Lifestyle Savant. It's all about creating content, being effective with your time. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I think that you would really, really appreciate that. Lastly, before I let you go, if you're still listening, take a moment, head over to patreon.com slash actadad. Over at the actadad Patreon page, you're going to get the opportunity to get exclusive access to behind the scenes and early access information on the Awesome Dad Show and all the things happening with Actadad. There is just a lot of great content exclusive to Actadad subscribers over on Patreon. So check that out. In the meantime, have an awesome day. Be well, be safe, and I will catch you next time on The Awesome Dad Show. Peace.